Funding for WPLN News comes from you, our listeners, and Bernstein Private Wealth, working with creators and innovators to invest with intention and build the legacy they want to leave behind. More at Bernstein.com. I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. Anna Mae Bullock was born on November 1939 in Brownsville, Tennessee. When she passed away on May 24th, 2023, she was known to the world as Tina Turner. The incomparable singer, songwriter, and performer captivated audiences with her iconic voice, ferocious dance moves, and her indelible life story. Hardships and joy were on the path that Tina Turner walked in her life. She found ways to overcome her troubles, and in doing so, she created a light of inspiration for all those who chose to listen to her music. The Broadway musical Tina, the Tina Turner musical, has touched down here in Nashville. It opened last night and will be here through the 18th. The musical is here thanks to TPAC. So thanks, TPAC. So what is the show about and who are the people performing in the musical? Well, my first guests have our very special members of the cast. Symphony King and Brianna Cameron play young Anna Mae Bullock in Tina, the Tina Turner musical, and they join me now. Symphony, Brianna, thank you both so much for being here. Thank you. Awesome. So how's it going? How, how are you both doing? It's really fun. Like, to be honest, I, I just am so honored to portray Tina. She really is an icon and... I look up to her every single day. It's amazing. Symphony, what about you? Well, I'm doing good. I'm living the life. I'm traveling to new cities every week, and I'm a foodie, and I'm eating new foods. So, uh, Okay, so you're traveling to new cities. Is this both of your first times in Nashville, Symphony? Yes. yes. Yeah? Yeah, do you guys like it so far? I love it so much. It's like the view from our Airbnb is gorgeous. It's I know. It's such a pretty city. Oh, it is a very, very beautiful city indeed. I'm glad you're here on pretty decent weather, too. That's important. Very important. Okay, so tell me this. Where are you from? Symphony, where are you from? I'm from New York. Now I live in um, California, though. Live in California by, you know, by way of New York? Okay. Brianna? I'm originally from Newark, New Jersey, and I moved to Union, New Jersey. Union, New Jersey. I was born in Newark, New Jersey. Wow, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. In Trenton, actually. I was born in Trenton, sorry. But family in Newark, so that's awesome. Hometown connection. All right, so how old are you both? Brianna, how old are you? I'm 11. You're 11? Symphony? I'm 10. All right, so how long have you both been acting? What about, how long have you been acting, Symphony? Um, I've been acting for two years, and this is my first Broadway musical, so... I haven't had a lot of experience, but I'm really excited that this is my first. So experience. you, you, what were you doing before? Were you doing like school plays and stuff? Uh, yeah, I was doing school plays. I was doing commercials, and I was doing modeling. Okay, so hold on. To go from school plays to Broadway is a big jump. I was in school plays when I was younger. I was like the cowardly lion in the Wizard of Oz, but I didn't jump from a school play to Broadway. What's that been like for you? Well, it was a big transition. From being in plays with basically everyone I know and like kind of just make we basically did a lot of improv in Mm -hmm. our school shows Mm -hmm. and then going to the big leagues where you have basically like fight scenes like I've never done that when I came here I was like oh there's fight scenes in the show Mm -hmm. so that took some getting used to and then also you're on tour so it's like 
you have to pack up your bags every single week. So that's new because usually at my school, it'd be like I'm driving to the same place every day. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Brianna, how did you get into the game? Um, Family. My my family, a lot of singing. Um, my uncle, he plays um, some musical instruments, and I think that really inspired me. Also, my mom. She's a nurse right now, but I think I got inspired by her because she did tell me at such a young age um, she was singing to the radio, and she played a lot, a lot of music around me at such a young age, and I think I just was like, this is what I want to do. And I just said, okay, I'm going to start singing. I started singing. And then for acting, I'd say about four years old, I did my first audition. <laughs> Hilarious. Wow. At four years old, you did your first audition. Just for comparison, at, at when I was four years old, I was doing nothing close to that. I think I like climbed my first tree. <laughs> and so I'm climbing trees at four. You're auditioning at four. What does it feel like when you're on stage performing? How does that feel to you? It is an honor because, well, first of all, I'm portraying Tina. Tina, mm -hmm. an icon like her. That's that's something that a lot of kids would love to do. And that's a blessing in disguise that I get to do that every other night. And to be honest, I just think of it as God saying, this is what you're made for. And... Every time I sing Nutbush or the finale, I always say I'm here and I'm here for a reason and I love what I'm doing because I really do. This is a dream come true. I never thought I would be on stage playing young Tina, um, young NMA. That's something that I always wish for and my dream finally came true. Wow. I mean, you both are so composed and poised. I want to be like you when I grow up. I'll tell you that. Symphony, what's it like for you when you're on stage and you're performing? Are you okay, doing sports? You guys follow sports? Maybe not. All right, there's this thing called being in the zone, right, where an athlete just does everything. When Serena Williams is getting aces and winning, right, you're in the zone. You feel it. Everything kind of goes in slow motion. Do you feel like you're in the zone when you're on stage performing, Symphony? Well, yes, especially when I see kids my age in the crowd. I'm like, oh, my God, like they're my age and they're watching me like I got to really be good tonight. Um, I get really excited when I especially see like a group of friends in the crowd, mm. like they're having a girls night or just a friend night and they're enjoying themselves. And I've also seen many just different people alone. And they come out and they're like Broadway fanatics like me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, all the songs I know you've been to all the plays I want to go to. And I kind of have a connection to them already because they love what I love. You know, you both play young Tina Turner anime in the musical. Did you know a lot about her life before you landed the gig, Symphony? Well, I knew who she was, but being on tour, I've like learned just some interesting details that I didn't know before, especially about Ike's life. Um, well, I don't want to tell too much about the story, but there is a part in the play where he tells um, something about his dad, like how he basically kind of got a little, he basically has anger issues mm -hmm. or had anger issues. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where it started when he tells us the story of how his dad died. Yeah, That's something I learned and I didn't know. You know, 
Tina herself had a lot of troubles in her oh, life, yeah. especially when she was young. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you all are young actresses and you kind of have to play those moments. Interesting. How did how did you prepare for those tense moments in the musical when you had to play a young Tina going through these troubles? Brianna? Well, it is a really sad moment because, like, especially with acting, like, sometimes you're like, I want to cry. I want to really act this out. And it happens sometimes when you're really in that zone and you're in that moment. You feel like you're actually Tina Turner mm. and, you're, and your sister's leaving and your mom's leaving and then your dad's leaving. To be honest, it's really hard sometimes because, like, that is really sad to know that Tina had to go through that. I don't think anyone should go through that at all. So it's hard, but to be honest, I think of it as Tina's story being told and that all these little details, it's amazing to see like all these different props changing, everything changing. It's beautiful. You know, I'm interested. I mean, okay, Brianna, you're 11. Symphony, you're 10 years old. You guys have your entire lives ahead of you, right? But here you are getting these lessons about Tina Turner's life and the things that she went through and other people. What are you all going to take with you from this experience as you grow older and move on in life, Symphony? Well, a big thing is I'm grateful that my family is still here with me today. Most of my family members have been to the show already. And later today, I'm having my aunties come. Like, I'm grateful that my family supports me in what I'm doing. They love me for who I really am. And I also am going to take with me, like, I've learned a lot of lessons on tour. Like, sometimes I might be stressed out at the airport because there's so much going on. I've learned how to calm myself down and be like, okay, we do this every time. And now I'm really good at it. And then I've also learned how to take like a sad part of yourself and then pour it into your acting on stage even when you're super happy and last but not least i'm going to take like all the fun experiences i've had in different places yeah and the food i've tried and the memories i've made mm-hmm. brianna what are you going to take with you the moment and the energy i say i always have this thing where Whenever I finish, like, a gig for modeling or, like, a, a talent show, I always try and get everybody's number so I could stay in contact because, like, this is really a lifetime experience. Like, you don't know if you're ever going to do this again. Mm. So I always love, love, love to live in the moment. That's my family. We love living in the moment because you don't know when time's going to You don't know when, when something's going to stop. Yeah. You always want to live in the moment. And not only that... I I really appreciate the cast so much. They've helped me in my sad days, in my good days. I love them so much. They're my everything. They're like family to me. Being on tour, like Symphony, the girls, we've all become sisters. It's beautiful. That is absolutely fantastic. Look, you both are dropping wisdom that all of our audience members can hear and we're going to take to heart. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm sure about this. Your classmates, Symphony, your classmates back in California and Brianna, yours back in New Jersey. They're a little bit jealous of y'all. <laughs> you get to go on the road and you're in this big time Broadway musical about the Tina Turner. But and you don't have to go to school, right? No, we do do school. You do what? Yeah. You do school? Yeah. Yeah. How much do you do a day? Three hours. 
That's four, a big difference. Four hours, yeah. Three hours and four. So is, is it hard to keep up with your schoolwork and meet the demands of being in this big time production? Hmm. Well, I feel like as long as you really just focus on education, exactly. you can you can accomplish like keeping your schoolwork like with the class and being on tour. Mm-hmm. You just mm-hmm. have to really have some worth ethic, work work ethic to keep everything in balance. Yeah. You feel the same way, Brianna? Yeah. Exactly what she's saying, like um worth worth ethic. <laughs> Um, and like staying focused in school and not playing around, um, doing what you need to do because school, oof, school is a very priority in my family. So yeah. if if I get it, I had one C in my life, never again. I'm a straight A student. Wow. <laughs> it won't be happening again. All right. Message is very clear. Okay. You mentioned that. You know, you really enjoy working with the cast and the crew. You have all these adults. You've created a sisterhood with with Symphony and the other girls. Has have any of the adults really taken either one of you under their wing? I mean, like, hey, kid, you're in the game now. I'm going to show you how to be something in this business. Yeah. Symphony. Um, I'm definitely going to pay tribute to my Tina. Her name's Ari. She's not. Like, she took a little vacation, but she's definitely given me, like, confidence to be like, okay, you go out on that stage tonight and you show them. And I do the same for her. I felt like that was a big part when I came here. She was very supportive. Um, Another person was Max. He just left us, but he was, like, just so encouraging and... He loved my little brother. He loved all the kids. He loved Brianna's little sister, Bloomy, and Brielle. <laughs> and then last, we love our teenettes. We love Kendall. We love KB. We love Aaliyah. We love Tiki. They're just like almost like a big sister in a way. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Brianna, anybody for you? Um, I would say Arzama. She's always been there for us. She's always tell us, if you need help, you better come to my room and you better ask me for help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she was, oh, she always cares for us. And that's something that I look up to. She really is such a heartwarming person. I love her energy. Her vibe is just so chill. I like it. And, and she's always there for us. Like she always gives us little notes, like maybe like when you're singing, not to lift your head up or keep your chin down when you're singing, pronounce your vowels. She always is there guiding us and helping us. And that is someone that I want to have in my circle. Mm. And even our wrangler, Miss um, April, she is the best. I love her a- attitude. She's just amazing. And I love her vibe as well. Same with Roz. Um, these people, I really, we, all the, all the kids, all the teenettes, we look up to them. Mm-hmm. because they're guiding us and they're helping us. We make a bad decision. They tell us what we did wrong. We learn from our mistakes, and they help us guide our way through tour. When we need help, they'll help us, and that's something that is amazing to know. We have people that are going to help us when we need it. That is pretty cool. All right, last question for you both. Okay, so in 15 years, you know, you're 25, Symphony. You're 26, Brianna. <sighs> How do you want the world to know about you? What do you want people to say about Brianna Cameron and Symphony King? Brianna? I want people 
to hear my voice and be happy because the first thing I said when my grandma asked me, so, Brianna, what do you want people to say when they hear your voice? Um, Two-year-old me, probably younger, I want people to be happy. I want them to scream. <laughs> so I think I just took that, and I still say that today. I I, I really love what I do. Mm-hmm. Like listening to my voice grow over time from four years old to eight years old to 11 years old. Like it's crazy how fast we grew up. But not only that, I want people to have an experience when they go, when I, for instance, if I ever have a tour, people to have fun, not just to watch me sing but or watch me fun. dance, but to have fun. That's the main thing, to have fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Symphony, what do you want people to say about you in 15 years? Well, number one, I want them to say she's humble. I don't want to be considered cocky or anything like that. I want to be considered humble. I want people to say, like, I want just a, wow, like, she's amazing. And... I want to be a social, like still social, um, convincing actress when I'm older. Mm -hmm. You know know my sister, right? Yes. You think she's cool? Oh my God, yes, I love her. She learned all that from me. Trust me. She got all her cool from me. All right. Symphony King and Brianna Cameron, who will both soon be your favorite actresses. They play young anime Bullock or Tina Turner in the Tina Turner musical, Symphony Brianna. Really, really, I had a great time talking with you. Thank you both so much for coming on to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a wonderful experience. Really wonderful. You both are something else. We're ready, world. They are coming. Okay, we're going to take a quick break by listening to the Tina Turner classic. Here is Nutbush City Limits. And when we come back, we'll meet some other cast members of Tina, the Tina Turner musical, and learn what the experience has been like to be in a show about a musical and cultural legend. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Kalele Colonna, and this is Nashville. Tina, the Tina Turner musical, has hit the stage here in Music City. It's being put on by TPAC, and if you want to get tickets, head to tpac.org for more information. The show runs through the 18th, so get there as quickly as you can. Now, the musical follows the life of young Anna Mae Bullock all the way through her transformation into Tina Turner. Part of that transformation came when she played with Ike Turner and the Ikeettes. Here with me now are two cast members from the musical. Dion Relliford, who plays Ike Turner, and Aaliyah Caldwell, who plays one of the Ikeettes. Dion, Aaliyah, so good to have you both here. Welcome to This is Nashville. Thank you so yeah, much for having me. Yeah, thanks for us. having me. This is really good. Now, you both have 
been with the show for a long time, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aaliyah, how long have you been with the musical? Um, I started with the musical back when the tour started, so that was July of 2022. Okay. <laughs> Dion, how about you? Yeah, uh, I was actually in the Broadway company. Um, I joined in the in January of 2022, and I was with the show on Broadway until it closed in August of the same year. Okay, so... I'm interested in how you both got the gig. What was the auditioning process like for you, Dion? Yeah, so uh, I I live in New York. Um, You go into the room, you prepare all of the sides. There's a packet that they um, give you with a couple of um, sides uh, and music. And you go in and you do the best that you can. And then from there, they decide if they want to see more or if they're done. And uh, they wanted to see more, so I came in and... um, I got the call that I was going to make my Broadway debut in that uh, that December, and the following month I made my debut. So you had a month to mm. get ready. How intense is it from getting the call that hey, you landed the gig mm. to being on stage? It's pretty intense. It's pretty intense. Again, this was my Broadway debut, so up until this point, I'd never been on Broadway, and then I, I get to um, uh, tell such an iconic story, something that I grew up with uh, for such a long time. Um, it, it, it's a, it's a little bit of a challenge depending on how many people join the show when you're, when you're joining, you could be in rehearsal with multiple people or just yourself. Mm-hmm. And when originally when I joined the company, it was just me. So I had to learn my vocal part where I was going to be on stage all by myself. And then, um, you basically just get plugged into the, plugged into the machine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a challenge, but it was fun. And Leah, what was your auditioning process like? Um, during my audition process, we actually were still submitting virtually because of COVID. Mm. So our first round of auditions was just them showing us a video of the choreography and then us sending it to them. And then from then on, it started as going into New York, auditioning. Um, our stuff was more dance related because we, I was an ICAT. I'm a, I am an ICAT in the show. So ours was more dance specific. And then by the end of the last call, it was singing and um, in lines as well with a packet of information as well, too. So you, you got started off as a dancer. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like growing your acting chops for this performance? Ooh, that was that was the hard part. Um, just because I'm that was something that's out of my comfort zone, something that I wasn't used to doing. Um and just having help from people in the cast, um, having friends who transitioned from dancers into being actors, um, helping me being like, this is how you read the, read the size. This is how you're supposed to act. This is what this is. So just having a lot of help and asking for it helped me get into the process of being in the show. Now, I understand that this is not your first musical or national tour, right? This is my first national tour, not my first musical. Okay. What was your first musical? I did Hairspray, actually, on uh, the cruise ships with Royal Caribbean. Okay, so what is it like doing a, a, a musical on a on a cruise ship? <laughs> that was fun. It's it's interesting because you're on the cruise ship for a certain amount of time. My contract was nine months, um, and I'm also from Baltimore too. So like doing a musical that was based in Baltimore mm-hmm. and having that hometown experience was fun as well. Um, traveling to different countries, it was it was fabulous. It was a good time. Okay, so how is being in Tina different from what? Any of, of the of work you previously did? Um, it is definitely different portraying someone's life. Um, you know, other musicals, you know, there's this like a whimsical idea, like things are being plugged here and there. But when you're portraying somebody's life, like you take precious care of it. Um, and we were doing the musical before she passed away. And then once she passed away, I feel like it was a different aura and a different space when it came to the musical. It was like, this is this is 
her life. And we're the only people that in the world uh, telling that story as well, too. Mm. So, do you, do you, so you approach it. It became it was already important. Right. But after she passed away, it became sacred in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We have some audio from the show. Here's one of the musical numbers. Proud Mary. Yeah, this song is—it's a classic. It's so high energy. Talk to me about performing this number. How much? What do y'all bring into it? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Everything in the kitchen sink. <laughs> um, this number actually we do it twice in the show, but at the end of the show we actually call it the mega mix. Um, and this is like a part of the show where it's audience participation. Um, mm. Tina's at her concert. It's a big party. She gets audience um, to participate and stuff. Everyone's standing up, clapping, cheering. And this is like the last like big, big number. And then everyone else from the ensemble and other characters as well come into the show. I mean, come into the performance and like join in at the end. It's, mm. it's crazy. It's yeah. nonstop. <laughs> it's a big, it's a big, big, big party. Yeah. I think, I think the, uh, this is the moment in the show where everything that we have been working for kind of culminates into one moment mm-hmm. and we all get to share and celebrate in her life. Mm. Um, yeah. Cause the show is pretty heavy. We, we cover, um, her relationship with Ike all the way to when she, um, goes overseas and becomes like the iconic Tina Turner with the hair and the red dress. And this last moment, we all just get to party together. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. Now you play Ike. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about, is this more one of the strenuous, one of the most strenuous and more strenuous roles that you've played? Um, it, it is a big one, but I don't, I actually find a lot of joy in it. Um, I think in order to tell someone else's truth, you have to authentically be connected to your own. Mm. And I think for me to play a villain, a villain, right? I'm doing air quotes uh, for uh, uh, to to play someone like Ike. I think you have to um, really focus on the human and the things that maybe brought him to um, the moments that. uh, that 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 led him to do things that maybe weren't the most kind. Mm. Um, I think I think if you uh, really take the time to look at the human being, some of the things that he went through, you'll be able to authentically tell his story without um, kind of making excuses for some of his deplorable behavior. Yeah, that, that's interesting what you're saying. He did act horribly towards Tina and yeah. others, but he is a human being. Mm-hmm. He had troubles and difficulty that led him to that place to yeah. take those actions. How did, given that consideration, mm-hmm. the human in Ike Turner, mm-hmm. the human in Dion, mm-hmm. how'd you prepare for the role? 
Um, again, I think you have to uh, be connected to your own authentic truth in order to tell someone else's. So I think just um, looking for the the human behaviors that he exhibited throughout his life and finding the parallels between his life and mine um, helped me stay connected to his story. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Kaliole Colonna. We're talking this at hour with actors Dion Relaford Lee mm-hmm. and Aaliyah Caldwell, who are cast members in Tina, the Tina Turner musical. You can join the conversation by tweeting us at this is Nashville. Now, the musical is a story about the life of Tina Turner, important to so many people, a source of information, inspiration for so many people. You were both telling a part of that story. Aaliyah, mm-hmm. talk to me about the importance of sharing the story of Tina Turner with audiences, because, you know, you just mentioned that after she passed, you all took it to this sacred level. Mm-hmm. How important is it for you to for you to be a part of this story? It's a it's very amazing to be part of this story. Um, we get a lot of people after the show that come up to us at the stage door and are like, this story helped me through any type of abuse, domestic violence, sexual assault, anything like that. And just seeing her story and seeing us portray her story has like just taken us to another level. Um, I, I think for me is when audience say that, yes, it's a, it's a cool story about Tina Turner's life. Yes, the music is bumping. Yes, we're dancing. Yes, we're singing. We're doing all this. But when we get down to the deeper meaning of her life and deeper meaning of her story, when that gets portrayed to people's lives and it affects their life and they want to change something in it, that's that to me is like, yes, <laughs> mm-hmm. this is this is what we're doing. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing, like to to get through to them like. You can get out of that situation, too. You don't have to live that. You don't have to be that person anymore. You can change. Mm. Has it been inspirational for you? Yeah, absolutely. In absolutely. What, in what ways? Um, just having family members that have gone through the same thing. And even even in their older age, they're like, oh, well, I can I can change. I don't have to be in that situation that I, that I just was in. Um, and that, to me, again, is just a blessing in itself. Mm. Now, you both been with the production since 2022. Have did either of you get the chance to meet Tina Turner herself? Oh, I wish. <laughs> yeah, me too. So I so I joined the Broadway company after um, after COVID, mm. and I think by that time Tina was like I I mm. she was an executive producer, so she did have a very um, present hand in the production. But by that time, by the time I think we joined, yeah. she was she was yeah. like. I'm I'm going to stay at home. Yeah. <laughs> if you had the chance to meet her, what would you have asked her, Dion? Oh my Ooh. God, that's such a great question. Um, I don't think I would want to ask anything else of her because I feel like she has given us so much already. Um, I think I would just say thank you, thank you for your sacrifices, thank you for your contributions to American music, mm-hmm. um, thank you for the way that you make my mom feel, mm-hmm. the way that you make my grandmother feel. Thank you for. Um, uh, remaining visible, I, mean, I think I would just thank her. Now, you both were familiar with the music as you grew up. Yeah. Absolutely. What yeah. were some of your favorite songs? Oh, what's hers? Love Got to Do With It? Come <laughs> you know, it's on. funny. That's my favorite one, too. Oh, I love <laughs> that Why? song. Why? What is it about that song that makes you, I mean, it's a karaoke favorite for many yeah. and just a classic song in general. What is it about that song? It's that bass. Mm-hmm. It's something about that in the groove of it. Like, mm, Yeah, uh, it's in the of, message. Yeah. Like, yeah. what's love got to do with this? You, 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 you have to bring more. Come on. <laughs> what, what are we actually talking about? Right. You know? <laughs> it's good relationship guidance, particularly in 2024. Mm, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I talk about it. You know, <clears throat> now I heard that you all, you're really bringing it on stage and you're sweating up there, mm-hmm. working as hard as Tina did. You know, I heard that 
it's such a heavy performance and a heavy lift. There's two people playing Tina Turner. Is that mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How Absolutely. intense is it? Where you? I mean, I understand about understudies being available if someone is sick or can't mm-hmm. perform. But I've never heard about a role requiring so much energy that it needs two different people to alternate nights on that. Dion, tell me what a, what about the demands of being. You all have experience with musicals before, mm-hmm. but this one sounds like it's on a whole new level. What are the demands of being in this production? Um, well, I mean, let's I mean, let's look at it, right? Let's look at Tina Turner, the entity, what she was able to produce from her voice. Um, she, I think, this is something that she said herself. Mm-hmm. I, she said she would not be able to do this eight times a week. Mm-hmm. When, um, when she was touring, she would do it a couple of nights a week, and then she would get to rest, right? So to ask one actor to do something that even the icon herself wasn't able to do I think mm-hmm. I think um, I think it's just a testament to like not only her talent but all that it uh, requires of you so yes there are two different Tina's that we have um, and they share the role they don't understudy each other there are understudies brilliant understudies but they do share the role and they do four performances a week each Wow um, And yeah, again, it is a lot to ask of someone's body to simulate being abused, to be thrown around stage, to uh, scream at the top of their lungs and then, you know, ask them to do that the next day. I think they need a little bit of a rest. Now, Aaliyah, are you getting rest? Because the ICATs weren't out there slouching it. They were working hard, too. Mm-hmm. No, we actually are performing eight times a week. Wow. <laughs> yep. It's, it's, no, it's no joke, nonstop, but I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I have a, fun, a fun time doing it. Yep. Now, Tina Turner, she, you know, had to begin her career again in her 40s. Mm-hmm. She climbed that mountain of entertainment success twice. What would you say about the impact of learning how her journey, what it was, and the fact that she had to start over and did it successfully? Aaliyah? It's, it's interesting because, you know, I think because of social media and how it is, like, they're like, you have to be this at this age and you have to have this you're supposed to have a car you're supposed to have a house you're supposed to have this amount of money you're supposed to be like famous by this age and her life was like oh I'm that didn't happen it's okay and then I'm just like working my way back to where I need to be okay it didn't happen again and and that's the ebb and flow of life I think that's very important especially as we're continuing with our careers as well too it's like all right this we did this at this certain time at this age that we're at and then it might might not happen and then all of a sudden, it might we might have another trajectory. So it's just you know up and down, up and down, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yep. Yeah, to hear that that's okay, Dion. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I agree that there's no track to be on. You yeah. kind of you write the book yourself. Um, there isn't a blueprint. There isn't like a right or wrong way to do it. It's all about your journey and how you uh, get to where you want to be. Mm. You're, so. you're in the show's in Nashville till the 18th. Where's the show headed next? Um, after Nashville, we do a stint in Florida, so I think we start in Naples. Okay. Um, and then we end in West West Palm mm-hmm. Beach, um, and we travel around Florida for a little bit. How much of a break do you all have between cities? Ooh, so, uh, <laughs> what's a break? Uh, right. No, <laughs> no uh, we actually uh, just had our last day off we had we did two weeks in Dallas mm-hmm. um, and uh, we technically have one 
one day off a week on Mondays, but that's also a travel day, mm -hmm. right? So um, we are getting on a bus, going to the airport, flying to the next city, and then um, dropping our stuff and trying to rest as much as possible because Monday is it. Um, after that, we have shows from Tuesday to Sunday, uh, and then we do it all again on the next Monday. Mm -hmm. Well, look, y'all, get your rest because <laughs> thousands of people are ready to see you both perform. Yay. I want to thank my guests, two cast members of Tina, the Tina Turner musical, Dion Relaford Lee, who plays Ike Turner, and Leah Caldwell, hometown, who <laughs> plays one of the Ikeettes. Again, thanks to you both, and go out there and break a leg, all right? Thank awesome. you so much. Thank you so much. We're going to go out with one of Tina Turner's greatest hits, Private Dancer. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk with a professor and author who explored Tina Turner's connection to country music. You can join the conversation by tweeting us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. We've been discussing Tina, the Tina Turner musical currently playing here thanks to TPAC. Now, earlier in the show, we talked with three cast members of the performance and learned about the songs a lot of us are familiar with, the hits from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. But did you know that Tina Turner had a love for country music? And she even recorded a country album. My next guest dives into Tina Turner's connection to country music in her book, Black Country Music, Listening for Revolutions. I'd like to welcome Francesca Royster, professor of English at DePaul University in Chicago to the show. Professor Royster, welcome to This is Nashville. Oh, thank you so much, Galila. I'm so happy to be here. Really a pleasure to have you with us. Now, you know, Tina Turner was not very shy about publicly addressing her troubles and her struggles in life. And that's really different from a lot of other public figures who, particularly today, they want to give us this image of perfection, but Tina Turner kept it very, very real with the public. To you, what does that say about the impact she was looking to make? I think it's so powerful and so much a part of the way that she's going to be remembered because she was, of course, like this powerhouse performer, um, survivor, um, but she was also very human and bringing both of those things, like letting us see the struggle, letting us see the work is really important for bringing us into her story. How can her freedom of expression, how can that be in, in, inspirational for others? Well, for one, I think, um, and this is what I think Aliyah and Dion were talking about too, just like seeing the ways that she remade herself, you know, when life didn't go in her direction, but also just like on the level of her music, the music itself, um, her voice, her ability to speak sometimes difficult truths to really bring feeling um, into her music, whatever style of music she was singing, I think is is really powerful. And it, it affects, I think, you know, as a listener, it affects me really directly. It gives me energy. 
It mm. moves me. And I think that that's something that Tina's fans really feel just almost like a physical connection to the things that she's telling stories about. Yeah, you couldn't help but be physically moved just from watching her perform. I remember being a young kid and my parents pointing out, they're like, this is Tina Turner. And they explained to us who she was and her impact. And I felt it within my own body, the, the urge to move. Now, tell me a little bit more about your book, Black Country Music, Listening for Revolutions. What revolutions were you listening for? Well, I was really listening for the ways that the history of Black performers within country um, have, has been erased and the ways that in their music, um, in the stories that they tell about their music, there's this real historic consciousness to bring back um, that history and to really claim country music as a space of Black creativity and originality. And um, my hope when I started writing it was by um, really highlighting those stories and histories that it would be infectious. And it happens that as I was writing it, all these amazing performers were coming to the fore. Um, and so there was just more and more and more momentum and energy. And I really think it's true that the care that um, country music musicians have paid to the to the past, like thinking about Rissy Palmer or Miko Marks or Britney Spencer, um, connecting their music to past performers um, has helped create a space for the future. And I think it's really exciting. And I think we're in this moment of revolution. Um, we can think about, of course, Beyonce's um, current country music albums as this real opening of um, of the genre and recognition. Mm. How did you discover that Tina Turner had a deep love of country music? Well, I am a, a huge fan of Tina Turner, and I have been since I was a kid. My sister and I used to, you know, put on um, my mom's old wigs and pretend like we were Ike and Tina Turner. Okay. Um, so I loved her. I loved what's love got to do with it. And it was really watching that film that I started, you know, reading her memoirs, reading Itina and um, later my love story. And it was in her in her writings about her, her own life that I found out that she loved country music and that she had this country music album, which I had never seen, um, Tina Turns the Country On. So I went on eBay and I found it and bought it. And, um, and it was really from there that I discovered that I really wanted to uncover the other moments in history where Black innovators were using country music to tell their own stories. And the history goes way back, really, to, you know, the first African-Americans on American soil. But of course, you know, even thinking about the birth of country music, Black innovators, teachers, uh, performers were there. So when Tina made her country music album, she's really... Um, part of a, a long line of um, Black music makers and Black listeners who are interested in country music. Let's hear a track from Tina Turns the Country On from 1974. This is Bio Song, Bayou Song. See 
So, Professor Royster, tell me, what do you hear when you listen to this song? Well, I hear this song as, you know, first of all, I really think about Tina Turner's life when you, when she made that album, um, the situation of her, her marriage, the sense of struggle and loneliness that she talks about in terms of her marriage to Ike Turner, but even her childhood. And those feelings are really there in the music I hear, you know, also the the relationship between the blues and country. This is like a country blues song, um, you know, and it's also very much connected to place, in this case, Louisiana, the Louisiana Bayou. But, um, you know, like thinking about struggle, the struggle to gain, an, gain you know, sustenance and, you know, the land um, being connected to all of these different kinds of boundaries and things that you're struggling with. So it feels to me like a very classic song about um, about loneliness and about just the labor to survive that's important to both the blues and to country. And it's terrific that it's the first song on this country music album because she's really throughout, like helping us think about how Country, blues, rhythm and blues are all very much of a piece and feeding each other as genres. You know, there's been a lot of discussions in recent years about black music, such as the blues, being an early foundation in country music and through the work of others and yourself, a recognition of black artists being some of the first country artists is really growing. You know, we have Beyonce, who a couple days ago came out with a new country album, and it's Look, it's no lie to say that she's not. She's been heavily influenced by Tina Turner. Talk. Do you see a connection between Beyonce's approach and Tina Turner's work? I do because I feel like both Tina and Beyonce are bringing like a big, outsized kind of voice and power um, to their music, and um, but also you know kind of taking advantage of country music as a genre, its importance to storytelling and connecting, you know, the the performer to a story and their lives. So you can hear that for sure. Um, both Tina and Beyonce had incredible energy and, but they were also able to, you know, control that energy and sometimes give us quiet, quiet performances, um, vulnerability. Um, so like in 16 Carriages, you really, in Beyonce's new song, um, you really hear that sense of quietness and resilience and, and also um, kind of the, the way that music can be both personal and kind of talking about the struggles of a collective, of a group. And I, I really hear that in Tina's music too, that there's a sense of intimacy and personal revelation happening in her music hmm. but she's also like speaking about struggles of women speaking about struggles of african-americans of poor people so there's there's a lot 
um, you know, even with a pop song for both of them. Now, the musical is here in Nashville and Tina Turner is one of Tennessee's most celebrated daughters. It's been touring for a few years now. Have you seen the musical yet? I have. Yeah, I had the pleasure of seeing it um, when it was here in Chicago, where I am. And I loved it. I saw it. Um, it was after Tina's death. So it was really beautiful to go to the show, to bring my um, daughter, Cece, who's 11. And just to really, I think I saw her becoming a Tina Turner fan, you know, with that show. So even though it had some hard, you know, hard parts to it as well. Now, you studied a lot of Tina Turner's performances. How closely does the musical get to the real thing? I felt like... I was there and especially by the time we get to the end of the show and I don't want to give a lot of way, but there's just a wonderful finale where you see Tina and the musicians playing together. I forgot that I was watching, you know, uh, a performance after the fact. I felt like I was at a Tina Turner concert. Mm. <laughs> so, but I, I do feel like um, you can really hear, I really felt in the musical, I could hear, um, and recognize Tina's voice in a convincing way. And just um, the way that her experiences were feeding into her performances of her music, like the, the musical does a great job of showing that. Now, you mentioned this before, that Tina Turner is a symbol of strength and vulnerability. To me, it shows, mm -hmm. to me, she shows that it's possible to be both. And, you know, I'm thinking maybe you can't have one without the other. Tell me this, we have about a minute left. How has the life of Tina Turner impacted you? Oh, wow. Well, I have her, her images right right in front of me. So when I'm writing, um, she inspires me to kind of put myself on the page to be vulnerable, to tell hard stories and explore things that I might not even know the answers to myself. So just her bravery and willingness to um, face the unknown sometimes inspires me every day when I'm writing. Francesca Royster is a professor of English at DePaul University in Chicago, and she's the author of Black Country Music, Listening for Revolutions. Professor Royster, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. We're going to go out with another Tina Turner classic. Here is What's Love Got to Do With It. We want to thank all of our guests for coming on to the show today, and we want to thank you for tuning in this hour. This is Nashville as a production of Nashville Public Radio. Today's episode was produced by Magnolia McKay. It was directed by our senior producer, Tasha A.F. Lemley. Our board operators, Liv Lombardi. The masterminds behind our theme music are LaRange and Namir Blade. Special thanks to Josh Holliday and my baby sister, Afi A. Colonna. You can listen back at thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And the conversation doesn't end here. Tweet us at This Is Nashville. Find us on Instagram and tell us what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil A. Colonna. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Be good to each other and happy Valentine's Day. There's a phrase that